Hello and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast, Episode 6. This is Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas. And on this episode, we are going to do a commentary track for the new film Halloween Kills. The second film in the new trilogy of Halloween movies. The first being 2018's Halloween and the uh, upcoming Halloween Ends, which will probably come out next year. Uh, Halloween Kills was supposed to come out last year in 2020, but it uh, got shelled until it can actually be shown in theaters. So finally got to get out to Alamo Draft House to go see that last night, and it was really great. Um, so... Uh, I thought I'd watch it along with you now. Uh, I am going to be watching it on Peacock. If you don't, uh, if you're not subscribed to Peacock, um, I don't know, maybe you can watch this in the future when it's on Blu-ray or some other streaming service or uh, otherwise you'll just be faintly hearing the movie in the background and me uh, sitting here in silence, nursing a hangover. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to talk uh, throughout the movie as much as I possibly can. Um, let me give you my first. Uh, let me give you my impressions of the film since I already saw it. And um, if you're listening to this, maybe you also already saw it, but you want to watch a commentary track with it because if you're like me. I will watch a movie, and especially, like, I have a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays and things, and, like, you know, I collect crap like that, but, because I, I like the special features, I like extras, I like commentary tracks, and I will, like, I'll watch The Thing, I'll watch John Carpenter's The Thing, and then, as soon as the movie's over, I'll watch it again with commentary, and I've done that with all the Halloween movies, it's just, I don't know, I I, I love hearing all that kind of making of crap. So All right. Um So what we're going to do here is I'm watching this on Peacock. So um if however you're watching this, um the beginning of the movie, um there's the Universal Pictures logo. So it looks like it looks like the horizon of the earth looking out into a dark, starry night. And then the Universal logo will fly over the horizon. And so as soon as you see the Universal logo hit the screen, that, that little sliver of Earth looking over a starlit sky, go ahead and hit play. And I'm going to do a five-second countdown. I'm going to count down from five and then hit play. Okay. Okay, good. So, um, I thought the movie was not bad. Um, I think it had a lot of really good stuff in it. I'll just point out sort of, uh, just sort of things that stood out to me that were really, really great. First of all, the music, the score is wonderful. John Carpenter scored these 
new movies are fantastic. I'm already a big fan of um, his music in his movies um, as already, you know, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live in the Mouth of Madness, uh, The Halloween, obviously. Uh, I'm just, Yeah, and I've even his, just his band, if you've never checked out any of John Carpenter's music, check out his band. Uh, they tour with some degree of, uh, you know, uh, a frequency. I'm mean, as far as I know. I saw him in I think 2017 at the Warfield in San Francisco. Um, and it, he was for the anthology album and the anthology album was a greatest hits of music from his movies. So it was a wonderful performance. There was like tons of screens playing stuff from the movie and there was a lot of, a lot of showmanship. It was really fun. Everyone at that show was baked. It was just a, it was just, (laughs) it was a con, it was like a concert venue and everyone no one was moving everyone was perfectly still and everyone was totally stoned and it was it was great (laughs) watching john carpenter just kind of like pluck out the five notes of the halloween theme live was uh thrilling to me so um and john carpenter always called his music, I don't know if he's always called it, but I, I know at least one time he referred to the music in his movies as wallpaper and that it should be, it should be sort of in, in the room with the actors, but it shouldn't be distracting in any way. It shouldn't be like uh, Inception music. <laughs> but um, his, the music in this movie is great. Um, actually listened to the entire soundtrack this morning when I woke up. And uh, if you collect vinyl or however you consume music, uh, Halloween Kills soundtrack is uh, fantastic. Uh, this the general tone of the movie I find is really good. The whole movie takes place at night, and I think that just really adds to the to when the scary stuff really happens. Um, I like the geography of the town of uh, Haddonfield. I really like how these uh, these two movies in this new trilogy have sort of like set up how the town is. And it, and, and it, it feels like a real place. It feels like a lived-in old town. And I really, really like that. I like... Like everyone's, um, I like the neighborhoods. I like everyone's houses. Like everyone's house in this uh, in this movie is great. the The Big John, Little John characters, their house is fantastic. It's a fabulous. It is, and having lived in San Francisco and um, and knowing several old gay dude couples who've lived in San Francisco forever, like. That's what their houses look like. Just very, like, you know, 1920s construction. But, but, but the house just has these wonderful modern flourishes and cool wallpaper and, and good, great furniture. And, like, even, even um, 
I mean, everyone, uh, every interior in this movie feels real. The the main bar, the hospital, um, everywhere like feels like a like a real place. You know, the only place that doesn't kind of feel like a real house is the Myers house. Like it kind of feels like a set a little bit, but that's not even like a complaint at all. Anyways, um, the kills in this movie. Really creative kills, which I I really enjoy. You know, it's you have enough slasher movies. You kind of seen people killed in so many ways. Like you want something sort of fresh, and Michael Myers seems sort of limited. You know, he can rather stab you to death, uh, strangle you, crush your, you know, crush you with his bare hands or something, or bludgeon you to death or something. you know it's, he seems limited but the, he's, the kills in this movie are they're gory they're um there's no there's no real like cutaway kills like you like you see you see whatever implement he's using to kill his victims make contact with his victims and um that I, I mean, I liked that. Um, I do feel that the, I feel like the story and a lot of the dialogue was lacking, and that things like tone, music, uh, quality of the gore in the kills really had to kind of carry a lot of the, um, the movie and there's great imagery in this like the opening title card with the pumpkin the uh, there's we'll get to it especially if <laughs> I won't jump too far ahead especially if you actually if this is your first time watching it um, a couple of little things which aren't even like spoiling anything really um there, there is a moment in this where they um, have a flashback and Dr. Loomis is there and the quality of the deep fake technology to make Dr. Loomis was great. If you've ever seen those like Tom Cruise deep fake videos, um, those are pretty damn spot on and the, the Dr. Loomis that they got for this is great. It's, it's sparsely used, looks very totally real and it really captures that flashback back to 1978 because some flashbacks in movies just don't look like they even traveled through time at all but um i thought that was really really cool um which i'm sure donald pleasance could have possibly ever foresaw that something like deep fake fucking technology would ever exist, you know? Um, I remember hearing something when the this new round of Star Wars movies that came out, uh, a lot of the actors in the movie um, signed some sort of contract where uh, their likenesses, like Disney wouldn't make basically what would become a deep fake likeness of them in the future once they're dead. 
I remember hearing something like that, like when the, like the Force Awakens came out, because um, that was the one with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and Peter Cushing was dead, you know. But they had like they made a Grand Moff Tarkin. They made it like a CG uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, and um, it doesn't look good at all. But just but from that movie to this movie, holy shit! If they made another Star Wars movie now, like you could totally have Peter Cushing in the entire movie, and it would probably look totally real. Um, but yeah, some of the actors in that, like, sign a contract saying, like, don't use my likeness when I'm dead. Don't make a fake me and make tons of money off of me. Because <laughs> that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. We're heading to a future where, like, you won't even need actors at a certain point. I'm sure that'll become a thing. Somebody will make a, like, in 20 years when Daniel Craig is like, I don't know. I don't know how old Daniel Craig is. When he's like in his 70s, maybe someone will, some studio will be like, you know what? I w- we want to make another Daniel Craig James Bond movie. So we'll just make a deep fake version. You know, we want to go back to that sort of, uh, you know, two thousand late uh, late teens in the in, in the two thousands of uh, or, you know we, we want to use Daniel Craig, and they could just do it. They don't even fucking need him. No matter how old he gets, it's like they will always have a young Daniel Craig. Like that'll that'll definitely become a thing. That'll be real at some point. That's weird, but. Um, Let's see, uh, what else? The the um, people who are familiar with the Halloween uh, franchise will be familiar with uh, Halloween Part 3 Season of the Witch. And in that movie, there's a company called Silver Shamrock. And long story show, uh, short, so, uh, Silver Shamrock makes Halloween masks. They make rubber Halloween masks that they um, want children to b- purchase and they put these um, um, computer chips inside the rubber mask. So when they play this transmission through uh, television screens on Halloween night, it'll activate the computer chips in the mask, and it'll turn kids' heads into... It'll render them into uh, mush and bugs. I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's what takes place in the movie. Now, that movie kind of stands... It's sort of a the black sheep of sorts in the Halloween franchise because there's no Michael Myers. It's not really connected to any of the movies at all whatsoever. But there's uh, kids in this movie with Silver Shamrock masks. And Silver Shamrock masks were in the 2018 Halloween. So this is what I'm thinking. I don't... I'm guessing now. I'm I'm kind of like, what if? I'm fan fictioning right now. So Halloween 2018 was sort of a they sort of retconned a sequel to the original Halloween. So they ignored the original Halloween two and three and four and so on. And Halloween 2018 is sort of uh, it's the sequel to the original part one. That's the current canon of it now, right? So they keep putting Silver Shamrock in there, but I can I could see it doing doing that in one movie. But it's like, why keep doing it 
like what if in Halloween ends, which you know presumably is going to come out next year, October of next year in 2022, what if they just get crazy and jump to the crazy season of the witch Halloween three world where silver shamrock masks become a fucking like they pick up that story. Like that would be crazy. That would be awesome. Cause why not do that? <laughs> like why not though? Like that movie was never connected to the Halloween franchise except only in name anyways. What if they retconned three and then just kind of took that silver shamrock fucking element and plugged it into this? Now, if you've seen if you've seen Halloween Kills, um, even if you haven't, uh, <laughs> if you've seen it or not seen it, basically in this movie, Michael Myers wreaks fucking havoc on this town. He kills a lot of fucking people, causes. Total fucking chaos. This one guy, like, Joker fucking, uh, fucking, <laughs> like, Dark Knight level fucking, uh, like, just chaos in this small town. Um, so by the end of the night, the town is just in shambles. Now, what if at the end of Halloween Kills, where this town is just fucking burning there's dead bodies everywhere the hospitals filled everyone on the streets is freaked out people are hiding in their homes a silver shamrock comes on the television okay picture it 2022 halloween ends picks up where halloween kills lefts off people are locked people are in their homes okay they establish it in this movie you know the cops are like everyone get inside Lock your doors. There's a killer on the loose. But it, okay, Halloween ends. They they pick up where Halloween kills uh, leaves off. They fucking zoom into someone's house, family. Okay, kids watching the fucking TV. They're wearing their silver shamrock mask. Silver shamrock commercial comes on TV, and then kids' brains and heads start melting, and fucking worms and bugs and spiders and shit just start fucking leaking out of the fucking mat just to add more chaos onto that one night because Halloween 2018 and this movie are in the same night so why not make the third movie also in the same night I don't know I think that would be I, I would like to see that I would really like to see that because in this movie they establish the sort of supernatural um, beginnings of Michael Myers. Um, they're sort of because <clears throat> Michael Myers is now getting to a point now where people are hitting him in the face with bricks and shooting him and whatever, and he's he gets back up. He, he like no matter what kind of punishment he takes, he gets back up and continues to kill. So clearly, he's outside. He's this killing machine that's outside of reality like he can't be killed by normal men he has to be or women he has to <laughs> like the more the more it's it, the more he kills the more uh powerful and 
uh, immortal he becomes. If you're going to head in that direction, which is totally fiction, that's you know that's 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 fantasy, that's that's supernatural. Why not do the fucking silver shamrock deal as well? It's like, why not? I think that would be cool. Uh, I'm sure uh, director David Gordon Green uh, listens to this podcast regularly. Um, I'm sure John Carpenter does. Um, so, you know, if you guys are listening to this, just go ahead and do that for the next movie. Okay. You, you guys can send me, um, send me my check. Okay. Get a hold of my, uh, get a hold of my office and you can go ahead and just, uh, they'll tell you where to send the check. Thanks. I appreciate it. Anyhow, without any further ado, let's get into Halloween kills. Uh, again, I am watching this on Peacock. Uh, however you happen to be watching it, wherever you're streaming it from or whatnot, um, as soon as you see the Universal logo uh, pop up on the screen, uh, it'll look like the planet Earth over a starry night sky. The second you see that, hit play. Okay, so I am going to I am going to count down from five, and then I'm going to hit play. Okay, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Play. Turn it up just a little bit, I hope. It's, I hope it doesn't get picked up too much on the mic. Yeah, it's been uh, quite, quite the year for. Uh, well, we had Halloween, and then uh, the new Candyman. I haven't seen. I was not in a rush to go see it. Really, like I like um, the original Candyman series. I like, but um, I, you know, I'm just not in. Just not interested in watching. The fucking. You know, remake. I'll get around to it. Um, so. You know, you know what I'm not interested in, uh, in ever seeing again is Spiral. Uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. With starring Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. It's like a. It's like a continuation of the Saw franchise. Like, that movie was bad. And the trailer, actually, I was like, eh, that doesn't look too bad. And I saw it, and it's, it's bad. It's not even fun or good bad. It's just generally bad. Most of the people in this movie are uh, <laughs> like, 
I don't recognize them from anything, so it's it's kind of nice to see just like actors I've never seen before. This guy, Dylan Arnold, I know he's in the movie, uh, well, the show Nashville, which I haven't seen, but. Oh, my God, we got our first little scare. This guy got a raw deal, man. He got fucking stabbed in the last one. And he he got stabbed by the creepy doctor. He didn't even get stabbed by Michael Myers. At least I don't think he did. But there's a lot of that in this movie where people just are like, I have to be the one he kills. That gets killed. He has to be killed by me. He dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. He will die by my hand. There's a lot of that shit. There's, people say that over and over again, and it's it gets it gets old quick. This flashback to the '70s is great. They just cut right to it, and it looks great. And you have the music. These David Gordon Green Halloween movies have one thing that I'm, like, they have this thing that goes on where you'll have lulls like this. Like, you know, not so much lulls, but things will just kind of calm down for a little bit. You'll have these exposition scenes where people are just explaining what's going on. And it's very quiet and chill. And then when the gore and kills happen, it's just... You just get like a spike of loudness. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Because sometimes the lulls are just people talking about nothing. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, like when are we going to get to killing these characters? <laughs> God, these are really ugly children. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, God. That's brutal. That kid, the, the boy in the red hair, he looks like that dude from Escape from New York. Ooh, he's like the first one that approaches Snake Plissken. He's like, you know... If you try to save the president, we'll kill him. If you try to do anything, we'll kill him. Like, he looks like that guy. He just looks diseased and weird. 
what I'm talking about. Like, kids being just little shitheads to each other. Like, that itself is a real... Is a real art. <laughs> Did you notice? I'm really quiet. Oh, he fell. Boom. Hit him with that John Carpenter music. <laughs> I I laughed out loud in the theater for several things in this movie. That was one of them when he he's like, "Who was chasing you?" Looks at the camera, the boogeyman. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize ahead of time if you can hear the background noise. Uh, if you can hear trucks driving by on the street, I um, I'm in my living room right now, recording this. So <laughs> if you if you hear uh, my neighbors outside or trucks going by or trains or anything, uh, sorry about that. See, there's too much of that where it's just quiet and then something random and loud happens. It's like, ugh. And, it, and it's so jarring in the theater. I love this, like the, like, spirit Halloween store spider webs in this movie. They're just like caricatures of spider webs. Like they did, they didn't, don't even look real. But I like it. I like the, <laughs> I like how it looks. Yeah, this part I was like, why would you drop your guard? Like, what are you looking at? Like, there's that... Ooh. That little musical sting. It's like, what? You were in, like, full walking around with a flashlight in a gun mode. Oh! Drop your guard. And... Michael Myers will mollywop the fuck out of you.
One thing in this movie is people's <laughs> people's markmanship skills, people's firearm handling skills in this are just non-existent. This movie's a really good example of exactly uh, they should use this movie for uh, cops. <laughs> like this is how not to handle a gun. Like, whatever state you live in, if you take a firearm safety course, they should make you sit down and watch Halloween Kills to get a lesson on exactly how not to handle a firearm. The practical effects in this movie are great. You know, I like that they didn't go for like, you know, CGI blood and and whatnot. Damn, it's Michael. Oof, the Doctor Loomis looks good, man. That deep fake fucking Dr. Loomis is fantastic. This is a great image right here. Like, I got the chills when I fucking saw this in theaters. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, the guy they got to play, um, like, modern-day, older Officer Hawkins, I like that actor. His name is Will Patton, and, um, like, he was in Armageddon, and he was in the John Travolta Punisher movie. <laughs> I don't know, he's a, he, uh, I like that guy, he's a good actor, man, he's, He's a great supporting cast kind of guy. I don't know about you, but I didn't see too much like... Like, Danny McBride was one of the writers on this movie and the previous movie and I I just I, I I didn't see him doing much press for it. He did a little bit of press for the first movie, but I I don't know if like that was like a deliberate thing. They're like we can't have Kenny Powers out there trying to hype up a Halloween movie. Maybe people won't respond well to that. But I don't know, maybe he's been doing all kinds of press for it. I don't know, but I didn't I haven't seen any. 
appreciate it. Oh, God. I like this bartender guy. I wonder where they, like, I'm not familiar with him. I don't know where they found him, but I could not understand anything he was saying. He was like the Cajun guy from uh, The Water Boy. He just has this, like, creoleness to his voice, and I couldn't understand what it, I'm like, what did that guy say? The moon down, but I don't know, Michael Meyer, Larry Strowman, now. I was like, what the fuck did that guy say? Fucking Anthony Michael Hall. I don't know about you. I w- was I the only one who was kind of like weirded out when Anthony Michael Hall went from... Um, like he was, he just played like skinny nerds in the eighties. He was in weird science and breakfast club and 16 candles. And then you jump to Edward Scissorhands in the nineties. And he's like the bad guy in that movie. He's suddenly he's like six, four, like 240 pounds in a leather jacket and he's an asshole, and, he's, and he looks super aggressive. Like I'm like, what happened to Wyatt from, from fucking Weird Science? Yeah, he must have had a uh, a late teens growth spurt or something. But I do like Anthony Michael Hall. He, um, what was it? He had the show, the uh, the Dead Zone. They have to set up all these original characters from the first Halloween movie, pay their respects. I like how they show them they're like... (laughs) I like that for Lonnie, they show that scene that they just showed like two minutes ago. They don't show the one scene from the original movie where Dr. Loomis is like, Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. Like They don't show that fucking scene. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. He had the fucking uh, the dead zone in early 2000s. And if you uh, if you haven't seen uh, David Cronenberg's uh, The Dead Zone with Christopher Walken, that's a it's a it's a cool movie. It's cool that they did a um, a TV show based on that because it's sort of made to be a TV show. It's like a guy who can like touch shit and know like the history of it just you know 
through some sort of weird mental powers. His second sight. I don't know why I found the Jamie Lee Curtis. Fucking. Let it burn! Let it burn! I don't know, that, that just makes me laugh. It's, it's like, it's like cringy to me or something. And I don't even find, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is cringy or anything. I just, the, the, the delivery of that, I just, it's just goofy to me. So we're, we're going to get our first appearance of uh, modern-day Michael Myers. A lot of creative kills in this. He's got the fire axe warhammer thing. This movie has really, it has really good uh, kills in it. Um, take my hand. Yeah, I know the, the the new Michael Myers played by James Jude Courtney, he's he goes to all the conventions and shit. He might be my favorite Michael Myers. Like that dude's got some real presence. Like how Kane Hodder has gave Jason Voorhees a really interesting presence. That was one thing I didn't understand. Like why do all these firefighters just attack him? And then they just run away. Man, yeah, when I saw that in theaters, when he kills the, kills the dude with the uh, fire rescue circular saw thing, um, that reminded me of that uh, drug cartel video of the... Uh, the, the the like cartel dudes who killed the fucking two guys with a cut their heads off with a chainsaw, kind of made me wince a little bit. I was like, oh, saw to the face. We get introduced to to Sheriff Brackett, Charles Cyphers, man. Like, it's cool that they got him for the movie for sure. And but man, he looks so old. I was like, who? Like, immediately, I'm like, who is this? Like, 
90-year-old police officer, <laughs> this on-duty elderly police officer. But it's it's cool they got him for, you know, the thing and they had to they had to put him in the uniform because they had to zoom in on his fucking name badge. So you're like, oh. It's fucking, <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Brackett. Sorry, Mr. Brackett. And of course, he's the one who said, uh, you know, in the first movie, it's, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. It's a great line. Yeah, Charles Cyphers is 82 years old. Like, he's like Nancy Pelosi's age. <laughs> Could you imagine Nancy Pelosi in a San Francisco Police Department officer's uniform patrolling the streets? Like That'd be weird, right? And Charles Cyphers, who... He was in Halloween 1, he was in 2... I'm pretty sure. And he was also in Assault and Precinct 13. He was in The Fog. He was in a bunch of of John Carpenter movies. got Lenny Clark. Legendary comedian Lenny Clark. It's cool to see him in a movie. And his wife, who is like a grandma with a nose ring. Which I didn't notice in theaters. Seeing an old person with a nose ring is kind of strange. I like their house, too. Like, all the houses in this movie are are great. Like, they just have this kind of old charm to everything. (laughs) That's a great scare. Turns out the light just punches it off the wall. (laughs) I laughed at this part too. I was like, just take take two steps forward and you can get out of his grip. He's got missing fingers for God's sakes. But again, another kind of creative kill, utilizing the environment. See right here, I'm like, just open the door. You're gonna have your you're gonna have a fucking standoff with this guy? Just open the door and leave. 
ma'am. Save yourself. I like the uh, the light tube as a weapon. See, I wonder if that's even possible. I don't know if that's even possible to do to somebody, but it visually it's horrifying. It's cold blooded. He just kills an old lady. Brutal. That reminds me of a CZW. For all of you. Um, Underground pro wrestling fans from the 90s. CZW's Combat Zone Wrestling. They had a bunch of uh, light tube matches. They'd have wrestling matches and the guys would have... There was one I saw, it was, it was called the 200 light tube match. where They had 200 light tubes like laced through the ropes and stacked in piles. And you watch guys just choke slam each other through it. It's a bloody mess. It's a spectacle. That's what that light tube death reminded me of. Reminded me of CZW. Shout out to all my pro wrestling fans out there. Michael Myers, he's at Williams-Sonoma just testing out knives and Lenny Clark's back. When Lenny Clark was laying there with the fucking blood, like the, the puddle of blood underneath him, like the blood looked, had an organicness to it. Like it, it looked multicolored and... Um, it had bubbles. Like, you could tell it came out of his esophagus, and there were still air bubbles in it, and it was all foamy. Like, ooh. I love that there's, like, this Halloween talent show at this bar, and everyone's, like, in costume, and... This looks fun. This looks like a fun bar to go to. Austin has a lot of bars that are kind of like this. They're just very cool fucking old neighborhood bars that are just tucked away in corners everywhere. And Sort of this emotional scene, and he's this. His son is just still in drag, just sitting there crying. (laughs) The old Huckleberry baseball bat. I wonder if that'll come up later. That's horrifying. Where is that? Where's that prop? Where's that rubber head prop at Spirit Halloween Store? Spirit Halloween Store, get on it. I want that glowing fucking decapitated head prop for Halloween next year.
like how it's just all these dead firefighters everywhere and cops are just standing around doing nothing. Like, no one's doing anything. They're just walking around with flashlights, looking at the bodies. No one's like, is anyone still alive? Is anyone checking vital signs? Like, no, nothing. Everyone's just standing around. I like how they blur out the Michael Myers face on the uh, on the TV. Yeah, the other uh, the other guy who they showed who escaped with like the scraggly crypt keeper hair. Uh, that dude was in uh, he was in the first movie. He he was uh, when the uh, podcasters go to the asylum to talk to Michael Myers for the first time, and he's in that like checkerboard courtyard. Um, that that guy was in the courtyard. Yeah, he had like a parasol. He had like a little umbrella. Yeah, that little black kid from the first movie, he was hilarious. I I guess they uh, couldn't get him for this movie. He should have been in it just for like one scene. Just, <laughs> just you know, just when he thinks like the worst is over. There's like a random Michael Myers scare and he, the kid's like, oh, fuck that. The old fogged windows. <laughs> Who doesn't lock their BMW? Like, seriously. Now, this may be 100% anecdotal, but um, I heard from some random person who uh, allegedly read something online that said that um, BMW owners tend to get more traffic tickets, particularly for speeding and for incidences of road rage than uh, other types of car owners. And from what I can tell, that checks out. BMWs tend to speed a lot. And um, I don't know, they tend to be fucking weirdos. But this couple, it's like you went into this bar, you didn't lock your car. This was another thing I thought was weird. Anthony Michael Hall walks straight towards the car. It's like, he can run you over. Why didn't you just... should walk to the side. What if he just like stepped on the gas? He would just run you over. (laughs) 
I know they set up Anthony Michael. So in case you don't know, Anthony Michael Hall's character is supposed to be Tommy Doyle, who uh, was Laurie Strode was babysitting two kids in the original Halloween, and he was one of the kids. And he was later played by uh, uh, Paul Rudd in Halloween 4, Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> but they get Anthony Michael Hall's now Tommy Doyle, like an adult Tommy Doyle. And he's sort of, they, they kind of trying to make him the hero in this movie, where he's sort of like trying to lead the charge of like getting a lynch mob together to go get fucking Michael Myers. But just that scene of him walking up on this these people's car and just smashing out the window with a fucking baseball bat. I'm like, this person's unhinged. Like, they were in the bar watching the 11 o'clock news. I think it was the 11 o'clock news. But he's clearly drunk. And they light his face right here where he looks insane. Like, he's a drunk... Large, drunk, white man with a baseball bat <laughs> fucking destroying people's fucking private property. <laughs> the way this is shot is really unnerving to me. I know it's kind of like shot that way for like comedic effect, but I don't know. The guy kind of, that guy kind of had like a, he kind of looked like Bill Hicks or something to me. And of course there's big, yeah, this, these guys' house, this is Michael Myers' house, but modern day. It looks great. I want to live in this fucking house. Michael McDonald from Mad TV. Michael McDonald, I think, could probably play a fucking slasher killer in a fucking horror movie. He's really big and imposing, and he always plays, like, some kind of clueless, goofy fuck, but... There you go, our first silver shamrock mask. The fucking skeleton mask. It's a cool costume. Doesn't it doesn't look like it has the silver shamrock button on it though, but it does later. All the masks are in this: the witch mask, the jack lantern mask. If you ever seen Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine with uh, Vince Vaughn, like Vince Vaughn's character in that could be like a Michael Myers like, hulking man slasher killer. Oh, it does have the silver shamrock pin on the back. 
I don't think it was there a second ago. That might be a continuity flaw, or it's just a flaw in my my eyes. But yeah, uh, Braun Sub like ninety nine, like Vince Vaughn plays this like role where he plays it totally straight. He doesn't crack jokes, and he's a gnarly badass, like this stoic Hulk of a man badass with like a shaved head. Like I think Michael McDonald can do that now. If you shave that dude's head, because I I'm ready for some new fucking horror movies. I'm kind of done with, you know, how many times can you fucking beat fucking beat all these movie properties into the fucking ground? Like, do we need another Candyman? Do we really need another Halloween movie? Maybe. I mean, I'll go see it. But still, it's like I still want to see new shit, too. If there, were, if someone told me that there was a badass, like, A24 weird fucking slasher film where Michael McDonald is the fucking killer, I'd be like, I'd go see that. I'm listening. Tell me. Tell me more. And in case you're wondering, um, I'm not referring to Michael McDonald, uh, formerly of the Doobie Brothers fame. And um, I can't forget we're not in love anymore. Not that guy. Um, there was another Michael McDonald. He was um, he was on the television show Mad TV. Played the Stuart character. See, there's another one of these scenes where it's just like this giant exposition dump. Like, here, let us tell you exactly what happened in the last movie real quick. Also, (laughs) the daughter in this, um, Laurie Strode's daughter, uh, Karen Nelson, um, the character of Karen Nelson played by Judy Greer. I feel like she could have Shelley Duvall in the shining this a little bit more because like her husband got murdered in the 2018 Halloween, which is in the same night as this night. And she's not a complete and total wreck. She's a little too calm and in control. Like, I feel like she should be more vulnerable and distraught. Because you could still be, like, a strong, like, capable character, but be under duress. Like, 
Lori Strode in the first Halloween. You know, like she was terrified the whole time, but she had to fucking, you know, it was the fight or flight thing, and she chose to fucking stay alive. But this movie, like, there's so many scenes with Judy Greer and everything, and she does. A, I mean, she does a pretty good job, but it's like she was just widowed. Like an hour ago. <laughs> so when you were watching this, you're just like, uh. <laughs> like the granddaughter is more fucking like falling apart than her. I don't know. I could see the strong mom being strong for her kids kind of thing too. Cause the granddaughter seems to be taking all of this pretty, pretty bad. God, it's the most sickly lighting in that hospital. Everything is just, everything is just like turquoise, <laughs> just turquoise teal light. <laughs> I also laughed at this in the theater. I was just like, here, grandma, here's this bloody fucking murder weapon, this evidence of a crime i'm gonna wrap it in a shirt and lay it next to you on your bed and then i'm gonna leave because the fucking nurse won't come in and be like what is this and a fucking knife falls out with blood all over it Like right there, he's like opens. So there's like ambulance and cops everywhere, and he just opens up the back of his car and opens up his like fishing tackle box and pulls out like it's just filled with guns. And he pulls out this like Desert Eagle and like racks the slide, <laughs> like in fucking like in a brightly lit parking lot. It's. <laughs> Just horrible gun handling. <laughs> Here, just grab a shotgun. There's like just an old man sitting on a bench just eating spaghetti out of a Tupperware container. 
And there was like a like an ad on the bench, and it looked like some some guy standing next to Mike Patton from Faith No More. That was just weird. Like that was such a weird thing to put in the background. I know you have to sort of like layer your extras in the background, but they're like, let's just have an old dude eating spaghetti in the middle of the night on a bench in front of a liquor store. Now, this whole scene is, like, I like the idea of this scene, but it, it, it seemed really clunky to me in the, in the theater. I, I mean, I know that the filmmakers were completely aware that there were, like, the characters in the, who inhabit this world are operating very haphazardly. Like, they don't really know what's going on. I just like the dude just sitting there with the, 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 the pistol laying on his lap, <laughs> loaded, facing his wife. And she's like, nah, hold up. Let me, let me take the fucking gun from him because I know how to operate this shit. And then... Uh, you'll see what happens to her later. <laughs> That's scary. And the music in this is cool. That was the other thing too. Like I get the whole like him jumping onto the on the car. Woo! Light him up, Marion. Um, they should have been in like a car, car, like not an SUV. Like think about it. like I don't know what kind of SUV that is. It looks like a Honda Pilot, like an older Honda Pilot. Imagine just jumping up onto the roof of a Honda Pilot in one stride. Also, I felt like Michael Myers was on the roof of that fucking car way too long. Like, what were you doing up there? Were you break dancing? Like, just get out of the car. Oh, that was a good moment. <laughs> oh, no. Nurse Miriam, no. This, then this fucking guy, why are you sticking around? Why are you not running for your life? Oh! Seriously, like... There you go. That was a pretty creative kill. 
But again, just absolutely horrendous, horrendous firearm handling. <laughs> We start getting a hint of the unstoppable power of Michael Myers. Gets hit in the face with a pillowcase full of bricks and just doesn't even flinch. I like how they cut the music out here. It's just quiet. Oh, you can you can just oh you can just hear him breathing. It makes it so much scarier. This is one of my favorite masks in the series. There's a few bad ones, you know, in the series, but... Like, I like this one. It's all fucking melted and shit, and... It's all, like, like the... The latex of the mask is all deteriorated. It's, it's a good look. And later on, like, in a little bit, his mask, like, he, his mask, someone takes off his mask. But, yeah, James Jude Courtney just walking around is, like, it's a fucking scary-looking motherfucker. People say evil too much in this movie. Evil is such a hyperbolic word to be, be used in like common vernacular. <laughs> evil can't win. Evil dies tonight. It's like, who says that? Laurie Strode looks like a Jeff Dunham puppet she looks like that puppet from the talent show earlier okay I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. So you sit tight and I'll be right back.
I'll be back in a sec, okay? Don't worry about me. So there you go. You got your silver shamrock mass on full display. Like, look. Like, they didn't even have to have this. Like, Michael Myers didn't have to, like, carry those fucking people's bodies from the car all the way out to the playground. Or position her body like that with a mask on it. Like, he didn't have to do that. Like, that took time and effort. You know, all three of the silver shamrock masks are on full display. It's like, how do you not incorporate that into the next movie? Like, I'm I'm calling it right now. Like, the, the, the silver shamrock, supernatural, stonehenge fucking masks that kill people on Halloween night thing. Like that's gotta be in the next movie. Like how can it not be? I keep seeing shit online where people are like talking about the cult of thorn, the, you know, storyline from Halloween four, but it's like, 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 ooh, a cult. A cult bestowed a curse on a child who has to kill people and he'll be, uh, he'll be given powers of immortality. It's like, that's hokey as fuck. You know, you know what's not hokey and is way more fun? Rubber masks that have uh, magical powers of melting the a human's brain when they put the mask on and it's activated through television. <laughs> like that's way more fun and it's, it will be completely out of left field. <laughs> I like, they put them in the same room together. Like all the Michael Myers victims are in one wing of the hospital. Gotta bring up bring up Ben Tramer.
I love how the nurses are wearing like nurse. This one nurse actually, if you noticed in the background, there's like nurses in regular scrubs because that's what nurses wear. But this nurse shows up in like a 1970s like nurse outfit. Like it's how it's not much different from uh, the black chick that was dressed in a Halloween nurse costume, like a sexy nurse costume. Like that nurse right there was basically wearing that. Like nurses don't wear these white one piece button up tailored little cute fucking outfits. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Oh my god, Weird Al Yankovic just showed up. <laughs> I'm the best actor of this whole movie. I can emote. Okay, now I this is another thing I didn't get. I'm like why did he bring Lindsay to the hospital? Like, what? I mean, let's see. She got... He choked... He, like, grabbed her by the neck and threw her up against the car, but it's not like... And she was able to walk in the emergency room. It's like, why did Tommy Doyle bring her to the emergency room? Well, here's the reason. He did it so he can give this speech. You tell him, Weird Al. <laughs> that lady looks like Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, they made poor Charles Cipher say that corny fucking line. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Could you imagine having a fucking like You just had surgery to get your guts put back into your body. You're high on drugs, and Anthony Michael Hall runs into your room all sweaty-faced. <laughs> you protected me 40 years ago, and now I will protect you tonight. Be like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> Message. Oh, 
I thought this part was funny too. <laughs> she just stabs herself in the ass with pain meds. She just skin pops like a fucking crazy junkie. This poor fuck is just sitting here listening to all this. That's the whole thing. There's this whole running theme where, like, every character is like, this is all my fault. I have to kill Michael Myers. I have to be the one that kills him. It's like, but... All the people who say that rather get killed. But... But but there's too much overlap. There's too many characters saying the exact same thing and it's like, doesn't matter. It's of like no consequence. I like the John's house. The John's house is pretty nice. Oh my God. I used to have those red pillows that are on their couch. It's all these. It's I. I know it might seem like nitpicks and shit like that, but as soon as it, I mean, they went to the trouble of showing little John closing the back door, but he doesn't lock the back door. Like someone just literally knocked on your back door, and then when you went to go look, they were gone, and then someone knocked on your front door. It's like, I think most people would lock that door before walking away from it to it to investigate a knock at the front door. I love this. He has to remove his jewelry. <laughs> it's like, why is this in the movie? It's so goofy.
And this whole this whole thing with like the other guy who escaped from the asylum, like this whole fucking thing where people don't know if he's Michael Myers or whatever, but Tommy Doyle gets the fucking lynch mob all fucking riled up. And then this poor fuck. Uh, well, he ends up jumping off the fucking hospital out a window and splattering all over the ground. And it's like, it, like I feel like it didn't even need to be in the movie. I, I get why it was. They were... They were, one, trying to be like, well, do you see what happens when mob mentality uh, goes out of control? And... <laughs> and two, they needed... Uh, well, they didn't need it, but they they wanted to have some gory fucking scene of a guy exploding on the sidewalk. Which I can appreciate, but I'm like, I don't think the movie really needed all that. I mean, I feel like this movie could have been five, eh, a good five minutes shorter, maybe ten. I mean, I get they're building up the suspense. The, the Big John and Little John trying to track down Michael Myers in their house. But I just, I, I feel like it went a spot too long. Just a little too long. That was a good jump scare in the theater. Everyone jumped. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Did the fucking Rutger Hauer fucking Blade Runner murder. Just gouges out somebody's eyes with your thumbs. Just grab their head and squeeze their fucking eyes out. Pretty brutal kill. I think it's funny. uh, This actor's name is Michael. And, uh... And he's Michael. Two Michaels. But... He could have ran. You just assume that he gets fucking killed by Michael Myers. and It's like, you should have ran. <laughs> he should have ran and warned somebody. Or called. There should have been a scene where he runs out of the house and calls the police. And he's like, Michael Myers is at my house. But instead, they just... <laughs> Which was so unnecessary. 70-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis with fucking fresh stomach staples just 
attacking a doctor for no reason. <laughs> Look how many people are in the hospital. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> and that is the that's a kid who was stuck on the fence post in the first movie. So Lori's daughter and a random cop gets her back into her room and her fucking surgery wound is like open and bleeding and there's no medical staff to help her. The fucking guy just knocking her down. Some some doctor. <laughs> it's <laughs> just Anthony Michael that is the absolute worst in this movie. Like he caused so much. <laughs> he caused as much chaos as Michael Myers did in this movie. And you have to remember, these two are high as fuck on painkillers right now. Just having a drug-induced fucking walk down memory lane. God, Dr. Loomis looks good. Someone should have trimmed his eyebrows. They look like shredded wheat. It's horribly distracting. See, it's so repetitive. I'm the one who must kill him. And it's like, maybe they'll pay that off in the next movie, but it's like they set up all this, like, 
I got a fucking score to settle and I'm going to fucking kill Michael Myers and blah, blah, blah. And then like, there's just no payoff to any of this. It's like, what part of the hospital wing is there's just no one's around? I don't get that in this, like, completely full emergency room, people everywhere, fully panicked, people on gurneys coming in, just, 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 no one's on this floor of the hospital. It's, it's weird. And you don't really know who this guy is. He's just some poor crazy guy. This I thought was weird. She locks him in this little hallway between these two doors. She locks him so he's like stuck in there. But there's windows everywhere so people are going to see him. Like, why didn't she just stuff him in one of those, like, rooms or one of those closets? There's all those doors right there. Like, you could have hid him and locked those doors. People would have came in, been like, oh, this hallway's locked. Okay, let's go look somewhere else. Music's... The music's good, though. I mean, that's great. Just some guy dressed like a like a <laughs> some guy in tiger pajamas just trying to smash out the window. That's funny. Did that guy headbutt the glass? <laughs> That's what that looks like. Now, when I saw this at the theater, I'm like, he's going to walk up onto the on the ledge and all these people are going to break in and then people are going to crawl out the window and try to get him on the ledge and there'd be all these people on the ledge falling off. But it wasn't like that. It was like this. (laughs) It's just everything built up to that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. He was still alive. He was still twitching. That's brutal. (laughs) How would we know... 
now he's turning us into monsters. No, he's like, he was wearing a mask. How do you know this isn't Michael Myers? And it's like, if anyone would know what Michael Myers looks like in that entire crowd, it would be Charles Cyphers. Because he was there, presumably, when Michael Myers got fucking arrested. They set that up in the very beginning of the movie. Like, Michael Myers was captured by the cops, and they fucking arrested him, and they took him to the fucking mental hospital. It's like, how do you, it's like, how, how do you know it's not, it's like, if anyone would know, he would know. He would have seen his face. Then you got David Byrne here, doing the old switcheroo with the pistols. Old revolver, technically. Again, horrible, negligent use of, of guns in this movie. That fucking pen knife is ridiculous. Now, that whole line is spooky. Like, why does Michael Myers stare out the window? And, like, maybe he's not looking out the window. Maybe he's looking at his own reflection. And that's that sounds kind of spooky at first. But then you're like, well, why doesn't he just look in a mirror? Like, his, like when the night he killed his sister, when he was a kid, his sister was sat down in front of her, uh, what do they call him? A, a vanity? Is that what it's called? She was sitting in front of a mirror combing her hair. So why doesn't Michael Myers have a weird obsession with just staring in the mirror? That was one thing I didn't get. Like, why is he... I mean, I get that's why he needs to go home. They need to have some... Like, why is he going home? It's like, so we can look out the window. Into nothingness, I guess. Also, <laughs> it's just staying here hating yourself. Spoilers, he doesn't go down swinging. I guess he technically goes down swinging, but uh, more like he took a swing and then Michael Myers just immediately kills him. Was like. You think there's going to be this like epic showdown between uh, fucking Tommy Doyle and Michael Myers, and it's 
it doesn't happen. This part is just absurd. <laughs> if you see anything suspicious, honk the horn. Which I think was kind of a missed opportunity. Like if they had a scene where Michael Myers shows up and maybe kills the son and then just lays his dead body over the horn and you just hear the horn and then you and then Lonnie hears the horn from inside the house and is like, I hear the horn honking. When he goes to check, his son is just fucking leaned on the fucking wheel, like his head turned around, blood coming out of his mouth. Something like that would have, you know, made sense. I guess none of this really makes sense, but I think that was a missed opportunity because they have this whole setup of like, Lonnie has to go in the house by himself. Because he was too chicken to do it when he was a kid. He was too scared to go into the spooky Myers house as a child. And now he needs to like, he feels like he needs to redeem himself. It's ridiculous. And he goes in alone. And his son and Lori's daughter let him go in alone. And keep in mind, see, they're all armed. They were armed this entire time. It's like, no, you guys wait here. It's like, no, we should all go in together because we all have guns. <laughs> or better yet, we shouldn't go in at all. We should actually drive the fuck out of town. <laughs> Come back when shit blows over. That was another thing that he's, I think he says it once. That's what I remember him saying, Dad, once. He's like, Dad? But he was, Dad? He should have been like, Dad, where the fuck are you? Because you don't want to get startled and accidentally shoot your dad or something. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird little thing. There was like a light. There was like light coming out of the closet. But then when they opened the closet, there was like no light in the closet. <laughs> this, this I didn't mind. This I was like, oh, little John fucking put some put on a record while he was fucking bleeding out on the floor. Holding Big John.
<laughs> See, they paid off the, I have a knife. And he's like, I have a knife. <laughs> Both the knives are just stuck in them now. Oh, that's tragic. Look how beautiful that window is. Such a such wonderful, ornate house. Also, you have a shotgun. What are you doing pulling knives out of dead people? <laughs> Just getting your fingerprints everywhere. I, was, yeah, I thought that was dumb, too. I'm like, you have a shotgun with a flashlight on it. <laughs> like, I might need this fucking kitchen knife to do hand-to-hand fucking Sayak Kali against fucking Michael Myers. Also, this motherfucker goes off on his own. It's like, what are you doing going off on your own? (laughs) Yeah, right there, he should have backed up (laughs) to look at that. Not, oh, God. (laughs) Right here, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Horrible reaction time. Another glimpse into Michael Myers' impervious, supernatural fucking shit. He got stabbed twice in the stomach with a butcher knife and just completely unaffected. That motherfucker should have just played dead. (laughs) Okay, right here for a second, I thought Michael Myers was going to pick the gun up and shoot him in the face. I, I think that would have been awesome. Because if, uh, if you've ever seen the movie Terrifier, uh, at one point, and it's kind of towards the end of the movie, this killer clown that's murdering people with you know knives and blunt instruments and shit the whole time, at the end, you, you think that the, uh, the protagonist has the drop on him, but then he pulls a gun out and shoots her. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I didn't know slashers could use guns. Like for a second there, I thought Michael Myers was going to pick up a gun and just shoot this kid, but he, yeah, he didn't. Instead, he does this. <laughs> Oof. At that point, you run. <laughs> run, run, run. I just think it was like she like randomly found. The, I mean, I think I mean she 
put together that Michael probably went home, but it's like, where's Tommy? Do- where is everybody? You just let this woman go in there by herself. Mike Michael just falls for the bait. He just you can tell he's getting lured into something and Yeah, they show a little bit of his face, not too much. There's the line. Yeah, this part in the theaters was pretty intense. Just like, oh, what's going to happen now? They got them fucking drop on them. They got them surrounded. <laughs> you think they would all rush him, but they just go one, like one at a time, like it's a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> hey, there's Tiger Guy from the hospital. Okay, so you could see, you could see Officer Brackett back there. You could see fucking Charles Cyphers back there with guns still drawn on him. It's like, shoot him! It's like, what is this thing where everyone gets? You just let the mob have their get their licks in with their fucking hockey sticks and shit. It's like just fucking, just fucking shoot him. Not an innocent woman anymore. Mm. 
<laughs> just drug Jamie Lee Curtis just talking this poor guy's ear off. She's just sitting there with a fucking, her stomach sutures just bleeding and. <laughs> oh, God. Also, like, how did she come to this conclusion that he has somehow transcended? Oh, Charles Cyphers, no. Oh, he killed Tiger Guy. And then he just V for vendettas, this whole mob of people. You know, and this and you got Tommy Doyle sitting there and Tommy Doyle just looks like an ass by the end of this fucking movie. He just talked all that shit, riled up a whole bunch of people. And and now all these fucking people are just getting fucking slashed to death. Also another thing, where this like all that Michael killing all these people is literally across the street from all this. Come on, Tommy Doyle, you had the more ranged weapon. You had a you had a baseball bat. You couldn't get one hit off. Oof. And also, Michael's kills get more sort of, like, personal. Like, he takes Tommy's bat and kills him with his own bat with, with old Huckleberry. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be the next Halloween costume. People dress as Michael Myers with old Huckleberry. And they let this poor lady just walk. <laughs> they let poor Karen just walk into a crime scene. Just wander around in this fucking creepy house where the two people who lived there were fucking stabbed to death. And her fucking daughter was near, nearly killed. Oh, no. Yeah, that that house needs to be burnt to the ground. That house has got way too much evil in it. Half the fucking characters in the movie died in that house. And there we go. The supernatural element goes up another notch. Because it's like, how did he get in the house? The house is surrounded by cops. It just sort of materialized in the house. All right. That was Halloween Kills. And in general, uh, it was okay. <laughs> it had a lot of stuff uh, 
like I said before, uh, that I liked. Um, but it 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 has it suffers from its issues. It has it has issues. Um, I I I feel like there's a lot of the movie missing. Like I don't know if there's going to be like another edit or director's cut. The David Gordon Green cut, <laughs> like, the, like I feel like there's a there's a lot missing in this movie, and I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I definitely think the Halloween 2018 was a a better film. Um, but this this one kind of fell short. I mean, it did set up a lot of possibilities of things to come in the in Halloween ends but but I don't know I don't know I don't know where it's going to go I don't know where it's going to go from here I just picture Halloween ends is going to set up a you know somewhat of a cliffhanger of like maybe my, there'll be another Halloween you know I don't know. I'm 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 hoping that they go for the uh um I don't know, they just grab some stuff from some of the older movies. Uh they they the Silver Shamrock uh Stonehenge pagan magic fucking thing. I think that should be tapped into. Because the Halloween three season of the witch existed in just its own world it ju- it just exists inside of that movie it was never really expanded on in any of the other halloween films so um you know that could be a thing um but i don't know <laughs> a lot of people were really fucking drunk at the movies last night like good lord um, there was a few people there dressed as Michael Myers. I thought that was that was fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, would I recommend this movie? Uh, yeah, I'd recommend it for you know for around Halloween time. Sure, go ahead and go ahead and watch that. Um, ooh, there's actually an ad on Peacock for. Uh, for Halloween Kills, and there's actually some stuff in this little trailer that wasn't in the movie. There was briefly a little shot of um, um, of young Lonnie. Uh, he was walking down the street, and they and and Michael was kind of peeking out from behind a hedge, like he was in the first movie. And that was in the that was in that little trailer for it, but it wasn't in the movie. That's cool. See, I knew there's there's got to be tons of extra footage that just wasn't fucking used, and I'd really like to see what wasn't used. Um, because I'm sure there's I'm sure they're gonna come out with another edit of this movie. But yeah I mean I would recommend it see it at least once I think all the Halloween movies should be seen at least once and um this one's i mean this one's good with like a group of people you want to sit around you you have peacock 
and you want to watch a scary movie with your friends or family, like watch this. It's got good kills. Um, it, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a decent slasher movie, but it lacks in story and character development. But you know, we got a we got another we got another chance at this, and Halloween ends. So we will see what happens there. Um. What else? Um, I guess real quick, I'll talk about. Uh, I did. Uh, I did see Lamb, and um, the starring Naomi Rapice and a bunch of uh, a bunch of Scav- Scandinavian dudes who all look the same. Um, I thought that was a a decent movie. Um, I can definitely see people scratching their heads at the end, but um, it had a nice atmosphere. It was shot in a very beautiful location, and it was kind of a slow burn. And um, I probably won't see it again. Like it was kind of like a one and done thing. I don't think there was enough story there for me to really care enough to see it again. Um, I feel like maybe there's something I'm missing, like some sort of some some type of. Uh, folklore mythology of that area of the world where there's lamb people walking around (laughs) killing farmers. I don't know. Maybe that's some sort of local folklore that I'm not privy to, but um, lamb was, lamb was okay. Um, There was the ads, the trailers for lamb looked cool. There was, um, Antlers, starring, um, uh, well, I've heard him called Fat Damon because he looks like uh, a fat Matt Damon. He actually looks like half Matt Damon, half John C. Riley. And that dude was, I think he was in uh, Black Mass with Johnny Depp. He was, he's been in a bunch of shit. I, I don't actually don't know the guy's name, but I do know he's from Dallas. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. What, um, I don't. I don't recall his name. But uh, he. I actually find him a, to be a pretty good character actor. Like he's very recognizable. And uh, Antlers looks like it's going to be um, a story about the Wendigo, which is sort of this cryptozoological uh, uh, antlered creature. Um, and I think it's. Those stories are sort of a uh, uh, East Coast, uh, New England type of folklore. Um, I don't know if it exists in any other culture, but uh, it it looks like. Well, remember the uh, uh, La Llorona that came out a few years ago. La Llorona uh, about some demon lady who drowned her kids, and now she's back to kill people modern day. I don't know. It looks like a good version of something like that. Like if somebody took some kind of local folklore, like the Mothman or the Jersey Devil or Slenderman, and actually made a good movie based on, you know, that kind of folklore. Uh, Antlers, that looks kind of interesting. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye out. I'll probably see that when it comes out. Um, oh my God. Um, 
Joel Cohen of the uh, Cohen Brothers fame. His trailer for uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, who Francis McDormand, we all know, is uh, the Sherry Moon zombie of the of uh, the Cohen Brothers universe. And uh, it looks fantastic. The, the trailer is fairly short. It's very minimal. It doesn't tell you... It doesn't spoil a fucking thing, um, but it looks great. Uh, I'm I'm very stoked to see Denzel Washington in a uh, Cohen Brothers uh, or at least a Joel Cohen film. Um, if you're if you're, I'm I'm not a huge Shakespeare guy, uh, but I know what little I do know about Macbeth. There's uh, there's like. There's like a there's like a there's like a knight warrior guy who uh, is visited by three witches and I mean that's in the trailer so I recognize that at least and but it looks great I'm definitely gonna see that it's one of those trailers that you see and you're like that's gonna win every award next year so yeah the tragedy of Macbeth uh, check out that trailer it looks awesome and there was also. Uh, um, Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson. It looks like a very sweet coming of age story and uh, starring um, a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, it's sort of a boy meets girl, young love. They fall in love. It's sort of like first love, early teenage um, kind of story. And starring Tom Waits is in it. Uh, Sean Penn is in it, uh, reprising his role from Sam I Am or I Am Sam. <laughs> whatever that fucking movie was and um and Bradley Cooper who I you know I hope uh, is casted to play the nature the nature boy Ric Flair in the uh upcoming Todd Phillips uh Hulk Hogan uh biopic um Todd Phillips uh of course is probably is probably listening to this right now so take notes Todd um, let's see. Well, that's, that's what I, I saw, you know, those are the trailers I saw, uh, when I went to go see Lamb. Also at Alamo Draft House. Alamo, reach out to me. I'll, I'll, I'll plug all your stuff until the end of time. Just get me some, get me some free movie tickets. You guys have a real good thing going on. Um, let's see. What have I watched at home? I watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, uh, one of my favorite uh, Friday the 13th. It's got everything you would possibly ever want. It's got ample, uh, it's, it's got uh, some of the best nudity in the, uh, in the whole series. It has, um, it has cocaine and hot rods and jerry curls and um, a very high body count. And Jason Voorhees is not even in the movie. So that's fantastic. Um, so if you're looking for some Halloween movies to watch, you can check out uh, Friday 13 Part 5. If you want to watch something at home, you can watch Halloween Kills. It is on Peacock right now. And you can... Uh, I don't know if Lamb is streaming anywhere. But if you want to go out to the theaters, go see Lamb. It's something weird. It's something different. Um, anyhow, that's the end of, uh, 
my commentary for Halloween Kills, directed by that one guy, David Gordon Green. And, um, yes, I will be back. I'll be back in a couple of days um, with another episode of the Skeleton Factory Podcast. Making your Halloween, your October better one movie at a time all right till next time have a good one bye bye